The Utah Utes come in as the 13th ranked team in the latest AP poll, but is this too high, too low, or just right? We're talking about it on Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown Youth your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms. Also appreciate you guys subscribing to our YouTube channel as we are inching closer and closer to 400 subscribers. I want to take a second to also thank today's sponsor for this episode, LinkedIn. I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your jobs for free at LinkedIn.com slash College. Terms and conditions may apply. Hello, everyone. My name is JT Wistersell, and I was an intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department for three years now, stepping out to host this show. And what a fun first week it was leading up to the game. Not as fun on Saturday night. So now this Utah team has to reset, and they're coming back into things versus Southern Utah. But, of course, when you have a loss, you're going to take a hit in those AP rankings, and that's what Utah did. The Utes come in as the 13th-ranked team in the AP poll. And in order to help me talk about that ranking and more about this Utah team, it's our friend of the show, host of former host of this podcast, and as well as <laughs> writer for 24-7 Sports Ute Zone, it's Brian Brown. Brian, we always appreciate you hopping on the show. And 13 is an interesting spot for this team because I think I honestly personally thought they'd drop even a little bit lower. So I'm happy to see they did get to 13. And I do feel like this is a fair place for them to be, especially looking at some of the other teams. Like one thing I'll be frank right off the jump is I am surprised Notre Dame only dropped to three, only dropped to eight, only three spots they dropped. Yeah, they showed flashes against against Ohio State. And that is obviously a tougher road game than the Swamp. Although I think I could argue the atmosphere of the Swamp might have been even better than the one for the Buckeyes created, but that we're not here to debate atmospheres. For Look at the rankings, though. I think, look, Notre Dame still being ranked above the Utes, totally understandable. Baylor being above, absolutely. USC, I'm not as big a fan as, but I mean, hey, they are 1-0. It wasn't perfect against Rice, but still get, get a huge win to start the get Your first win of the Lincoln-Riley era, and then Oklahoma State being ranked above as well. Yes, they struggled against they didn't really struggle against Central Michigan. It was more so they got up really big and they put the backups in too early and then the huge comeback ensued. So Oklahoma State being above too. Florida being above them in terms of the fact that they won the game I think is fair. I am surprised at just how big the jump was after their, they weren't even ranked and we'll see if that holds. But hey, they beat us. So I can understand at least in terms of like just in a vacuum, why are they above Utah? Well, they're beat Utah. So that part of it makes sense. And I mean, Michigan State, Miami, Arkansas, Pittsburgh, all got really good wins in their first week. And Michigan State's and Miami's were just okay. But I still feel like when you look at what this Utah team did on the road in Gainesville, it, it's more impressive to me than what those other teams were able to do getting a win. Because look, almost no team in the country outside of a select few could go and get a win in Gainesville. But Brian, what did you think of the ranking? Well, I, I'm going to be honest with you. The first thing's first. There's only 400 subscribers to the YouTube account. <laughs> We're like three. JT, this is out. This is this is. Will not stand for this aggression, man. So everybody listening needs to stop their car, take out your headphones, go to YouTube right now, search "Locked On Utes," subscribe today. The instant you hear this, if you don't, 
the boogie bear will come and haunt your dreams forever, telling you about how this team's never going to tackle better. This team's never going to defend the run better. This team is going to cause more or never cause another turnover ever again. Go subscribe right now because subscribing to this channel is way more important than anything that's happening in the rankings right now because the bottom line is the AP is a useless poll. And and so is the coaches poll. And sure. and right now we have no idea what team like outside of one through three, what team really is better. And and here's the bottom line. We always know who the three best teams in the country are gonna be. It's gonna be Alabama, it's gonna be Ohio State, it's gonna be Georgia, and it's gonna follow along those recruiting recruiting rankings where maybe you'll get a Clemson or a Texas AM will follow up in there. We haven't seen anything from anyone yet. And and so yeah, Florida jumped high into the rankings, probably because up until the start of this game it was all talk about how utah could be a college football playoff contender and so everybody's going to look at the scores and think oh florida is good utah is not as good but florida is back right you know and and we do this year after year and it's just this is not an important thing um and, and it's you know we can debate where things land in the rankings and, and whether or not you know do you really think that baylor's a better team than mm, arkansas I mean, personally, I think I think they are. I really like what we said from Baylor and Dave Aranda's team. I, I think they are going to be good. We're going to get to see it well this Saturday. Fun game coming up against BYU as well. But, I mean, that is a really good Razorbacks team too, so I'm not trying to take anything away from them. And I, I really like K.J. Jefferson. Coach Pittman is one of the best rising coaches in college football, so nothing one take away from them. One of the best offensive lines in the, in the country, right? And, and and that's where it gets difficult because these these are all about matchups, right? You know, if Florida had played at Utah last week, what do you think happens? A Utah win. <laughs> you know, like, it, shoot, like, if Dalton Kincaid doesn't slip, I think we all think what we we all know what happens, right? A Utah mm-hmm. win. And so it's it's hard in these initial weeks to really and, – and, and I'm not I'm not attacking anybody who loves to debate rankings. That what, That's what sports is great about, no, right? Exactly. Like, you can have these conversations uh-huh. and, and debates everything. But I think when you're looking at the long-term trajectory, and, and, and it, the season is always about climbing that ladder, right? If you're looking for the ranking rung – you're going to fall flat off the ladder right over, you know, something over tea kettle that I can't say <laughs> on this podcast because you have to subscribe and we want this to be a family channel. Well, first of all, thank you for that incredible subscription endorsement as well. <laughs> I, I thousand percent appreciate that. And uh, one of the things you said that was interesting there is, so you, if Dalton doesn't fall there, you do think it's a touchdown. You don't think the the linebacker jumps the route still? Uh, well, I mean, it doesn't matter because the linebacker is going to be frozen at that point. And, and I broke all this down in, in, in my breakdown. You can go find it on my Twitter page. But the bottom line is the linebacker is jumping that route uh, because he knows that Solo Enos got held on the route. And I'm not saying it was a penalty. Like, like this is – six is on where you get it. But the bottom line is that Dalton Kincaid at least can make an effort to dive for that ball. Yes. Like, like he had a clearly impeded path. If you look at the tra- trajectory that, that Cam threw the ball on, it's directly going downhill. This is kind of fun that, like, people yeah. can actually <laughs> see me doing stuff now. This is why podcasts is a visually medium. Yeah. Um, you know, so he's throwing that ball downhill to where Dalton can go get it, right? And he can shield his defender, and and so he's going to at least put up, you know, a fight against it, you know. And and so I think that's one of those things where, like, football is such a, a tricky sport. And and my dad played for Coach Bill Meek uh, up at the U back in the late '60s, early '70s. Bill Meek used to say all the time, like, you know, football is an, an, an oddly shaped object, and sometimes it takes bounces in directions you don't anticipate. And I think the ball bounced on Cam Rising, right? Like he didn't anticipate 
the the linebacker to cut across. He didn't anticipate Solo would get held up on the route, not be able to break across and drag him with him, drag that backer with him. And he definitely didn't anticipate Dalton Kincaid slipping and falling on that one. So I guess maybe the the question I'll ask you is this. If Utah had won at Florida and Dalton hadn't slipped, where do they go in the rankings? I think that – and that's a good question. I'll say this as well. I do think – it's, it's interesting to see. I do think just because of how well Florida played and how well they looked, if Utah had won in dramatic fashion, um, I wasn't sure originally if Florida would be ranked, but I, I do think based on talking with you as well, Brian, I do think Florida would have at least cracked the top 25 of the rankings somewhere between 20 and 25. So if we're looking at Utah and they win in that kind of environment, oof, I mean, I think they are at least, I mean, even, Cle- I think, I mean, you could make an argument to put him above Clemson to me. I mean, I looked at how Clemson looked. I thought they looked incredibly shaky. I wasn't super impressed by DJ Uangalele yesterday. Look, that defense looked phenomenal, but offensively, eh. So I think yeah. you could make a real argument with how, especially how Clemson looked. I think Utah could be at five. Where where would you have them if they had one? I think that five, six, seven range is, is probably like they have to climb a little yes. bit, right? Because I think Notre Dame would drop down. And, and you know, as you look at the rankings, the other interesting part about it, Utah is the second highest ranked team with one loss, right? Mm-hmm. And so voters are still giving them a lot of, uh, let's say, uh, respect yeah. uh, for, for what they did and acknowledging, look, you lose, you go on the road, but it's in the swamp, it's against Florida. Obviously, Anthony Richardson positioning himself well to be a Heisman contender. And I think our, mm-hmm. our co colleague i say our your colleague on uh locked on gators brandon olson who uh i think really endeared himself into the utah fan base this week uh is already touting that anthony richardson had a heisman moment so good for brandon uh take this lap keep celebrating my man you 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 earned it um but i think that that's the the unique part about this and it's almost like people are saying okay we're just waiting for teams in front of utah to lose so we can slide them back up because i think Real voters who watched the game and saw everything that happened think that. And I think you're spot on. Like, Clemson didn't look like a world beater. Also, uh, props on the Uyangalele pronunciation. <laughs> you're getting there, man. Like, that, that oh, no. Polynesian name is going to be like butter here any minute. You know better than most of my struggles with them. So I appreciate it. But uh, definitely, we're, we're working towards it for sure. And you, you're right. I 100% think this Utah team, like, when you watch that game, you look at them, there are a lot of week one mistakes that you expect this team to clean up going forward. And it's easily to see like, Oh, once they fix that, this is going to be a top 10 team. And I think that's why they are ranked so high, but what are some of those mistakes and what does this Utah team need to do in order to rectify them? We're going to talk about those more in just a second, but first want to talk to you guys a little bit more about LinkedIn jobs. As you gear up for the fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Guys, I'm on LinkedIn. Tons of great candidates are on LinkedIn ready to work, especially how about people who just got out of college and are willing to do whatever it takes to get their foot in the door. Tons of great candidates on LinkedIn. Tons of great connections to make as well in order to help you guys along in your career. So make sure you guys go to check out LinkedIn Jobs, where simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quantity high, quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com dot com slash locked on college to post your job for free. 
terms and conditions may apply. Want to bring Brian back in? Didn't mean to scare you there, Brian. Didn't mean to scare you. Think you were gone there. <laughs> I was I ready not, to go finish my. I did not tell you that was going to happen. So, for those who are just listening listening to the podcast, I had to bring Brian out for that to execute some uh, execute a ad thing I needed to play over. So, and I did, forgot to warn Brian of that. So the look on Brian's face when I brought him out was was fantastic. I wish you guys got to see it. It's so that funny coincidence, but everything in my house started shaking. So I think that was part of why that yeah. look was on my face, but yeah, no, I, I, I saw that one coming. Uh, you're doing a great job, uh, especially for the people who just signed up on YouTube. They're going to be so excited to see like the array of hats and, and colorful, like I got my Jerry Sloan. Yes. Yeah. Picture that I can't point at properly yeah. up there in the, in the, in the thing. There we go. You're working it. There you go. Yeah. yeah <laughs> well, that's it. like me struggling with, I'm always bad at point, trying to point at my, uh, there we go. There's my Utah sign. <laughs> it's the, it's the, I don't know what to do with my hands. hands yeah. <laughs> it can be a struggle sometimes, you know, where else it was a struggle. Utah's practice today. RJ Hubert, safety for the youth had a, was talking about it. He said, if Saturday wasn't a gut punch today, certainly was. And Look, it was a really hard practice by all reports for the U's. I think yesterday's was a walkthrough for the game plan. This team also coming off all the flight delays. There was a lot going on there. It led to a very long weekend. And it sounded like today was the day that Coach Whittingham kind of really got at his team for not just some of the missed assignments, but especially just some of the mental mistakes, just some of the errors this team has, things that are unexcusable and really wanted to drill it in their heads. And one thing I also wouldn't be surprised about, Brian, is if this team hit a lot more as well than maybe they did going into the Florida game just because some of those tackling issues, 27 missed tackles is the number. So I'm not surprised as someone who even on the high school level, whenever we came out of a bad game, I always felt like we practiced a little bit harder. I can't even imagine the level college coaches take it to when things aren't met up to the standards, especially when you have a month for, to prepare for a game. So I was not surprised that it, today was a hard practice by all reports. Yeah, I, I'm not either, but a lot of it was just because everything that went wrong on Saturday was correctable. Uh, you, you talk about the missed tackles. Some of it was just not being where you needed to be, not coming in. I think there were guys that were trying uh, I don't want to say trying too hard because effort is something that you always want 110%, but there were guys who, uh, you know, were, were hurrying so hard to get to a spot that they didn't follow through on technique, right? Not, not good breakdowns, very mm-hmm. poor eye discipline on a lot of those guys, a few of them taking very bad angles, you know, and you could see it, especially with the guys who are new to the defense and, and may, maybe haven't played for a, a long time. Missed tackles are not a staple of Utah defense. They're definitely not a staple of Utah football teams. I think that's part of why it was so jarring to Utah fans on Saturday. This is a group and a fan base that's so used to Utah being extremely well coached in that department. And so you have to realize that if your program is built on tackling well and, and especially getting hip to knee, you know, hip to knee, getting your head mm-hmm. on the hip to knee and, and the way that this staff teaches it and, and your eye discipline, that's such a huge part of, of tackling. And you could see it on multiple plays that guys were just not staying within their technique. And so if you come out for the very first game of the season and, and you're not staying within your technique, you better believe coaches know exactly what to attack. And so they're going to hammer it hard and, and, you know, I, I think for RJ especially, it was a tough game. A guy who hasn't played in a long time and, and, and really, you know, when you take essentially two years off and, and come back for the first time, that game speed can really sneak up on you. And so uh, I think today was it was really a, a, an opportunity for this staff to reinforce, like, this is not going to happen again. This team is too good to have those kinds of games and those kinds of mistakes. 
Yeah, and you mentioned it too. Like you can practice in a scrimmage and it's really competitive, but at the end of the day, when you're in a game against someone on the opposite side, with that many fans in the crowd as well, it's just a level of intensity that you simply can't reach in practice. So I think that's such a good point as well. And you talk about the lack of breaking down. That was something that was definitely apparent to me. So many guys just flying around trying to make plays, but because they didn't break down, they weren't able to take a good angle on it, or either way, they weren't able to come into it. If you actually want to look at an example to me that where a guy did break down well, I thought Clark Phillips did a good job on Anthony Richardson's long touchdown run of breaking down. It's just Anthony Richardson is so much bigger. He even even his angle he took for the tackle, he aimed right at his thighs. Richardson just jumped right over him because that's not fair to ask Clark Phillips trying to tackle Anthony Richardson in space like that. So I, that is something this Utah team needs to do a lot more of, and I think it's interesting you brought that. I'd love to even hear more about some of the schematical things you saw or just the mental mistakes we saw from this team because the thing I want to focus on is just how much they got manhandled up front. That was the big thing for me. I did not expect this defensive line by a good Florida offensive line. They're better than I thought. I'll give them credit there, but this is by no means one of the five best offensive lines in college football to me, and I thought they really manhandled the Utes up front. The push they were getting out of the ball off the ball was outstanding. It allowed them to work up to the second level a lot as well, which proved really difficult for a lot of Utah's linebackers, and those guys were playing their first game with this team as well, so I, that was the biggest thing for me. I was just shocked at how much Utah lost the line of scrimmage defensively, because I thought they would be able to make some plays in the backfield more often, and they had a really tough time beating their assignments one-on-one up front when it was O-line on D-line, basically. Yeah, I, I think a lot of that is because Utah is adjusting the way that they play defensive line. This is no longer a group that's just going to uh, sit at the line of scrimmage and, and just press, you know, and, and, and hold up offensive linemen to let linebackers flow. If, if you watch the film, you'll notice that Utah went with a stagger front a little bit to where strong side, they were a little bit more aggressive, whereas to the weak side, they were they – were, angled and, and and off the ball just a little bit more and so yeah you are going to get a lot more depth but that's to allow guys to shoot downhill to shoot uh you know shoot through the gaps and I think that's the biggest problem is that every time the defensive line did their job and opened up holes and you can see it very clearly on the first drive right there are two wide open holes because whoever is supposed to be responsible for that gap overflows and and that seemed to happen throughout the game where over pursuit was a big thing and, and I talk about eye discipline Eye discipline is everything when it comes to college football. And and so, you know, I think it was, like I said, a very jarring situation because Utah fans are are used to seeing that that defensive line just get into pads and, and hold people up and be stout. This unit's different. And and I think you're gonna see the payoff down the road where they're able to shoot through those gaps and you know, you and Brandon were going back and forth on on tackles for loss. You're gonna see that a lot more um, because of that. But what happens is the linebackers have to Maintain gap integrity, and the safeties have to fly downfield when you're that post safety, when you're that high safety. You have to come down the alley and protect the run, and and there were just times where they were either mixed up. You know, we saw a few mistakes on on assignments in terms of who had what in, in the read option game, and maybe that was a little bit of a surprise to them as well. Um, but, you know, when, you're, when your defensive line is designed to really almost invite the blockers out, so that you can shoot through, you know, much the way that Florida did to Utah, right? Um, where you're shooting through those run gaps and trying to tr- trying to stop things in the backfield, um, it, it just kind of betrayed them. And, and the front seven across the board, you know, there are some new guys again, uh, some guys that are under size, some guys that you know, it, it didn't look like um, Junior Tafuna had the greatest of games, and and that was you know kind of frustrating to see, and, and you don't really know what's going on with that, but. Uh, it just seemed like t- for for moments during the game that it was just so much about like 
we're just going to be tough and we're just going to fight with guys and, and we're not playing smart and we're not playing to our keys. Yeah, and you mentioned a guy like Lander Barton. He's his first ever college game. Doesn't get more hostile in that environment pretty much. How about a guy like Connor O'Toole making the switch over to defensive end? That is an extremely tough situation to come into, and it's going to be fun and interesting to see how these guys progress along the season. And the next opportunity these guys are going to have to progress is against Southern Utah. And we're going to talk about that game coming up on Saturday in just a second. But first, I want to tell you guys about Intercap Lending. There is a reason that no lender helps more families in Utah with their mortgage need needs intercap gets deals done quick and simple process intercap closes loans two weeks faster than the industry average and though fast is great the ultimate goal is to create a stress-free home loan process and that is what locked on's personal loan officer steve carter has delivered to hundreds of locked on listeners so far including locked on's founder david lock let's be honest if steve can help keep david on track through the entire process steve can help anyone and though intercap is new to the locked on youth cougars podcast it's not new to helping and assisting customers with all their mortgage needs. They've been doing so since 1978. That's how many? 43 years of experience. And Steve Carter has been providing Locked On listeners with the best experience since 2018. Intercap is headquartered here in Utah, but licensed to help with all your mortgage needs in 40 states. So give Steve a call. His direct number is 385-800-8528. You will not find a more responsive loan officer. NMLS number is 190465. So, Brian, going back to the game this Saturday. Look, this is one Utah is going to win unless the greatest disaster, um, something happens to this team that just they don't come out ready, something crazy happens. Utah's going to win this game. So it's not as much what does Utah need to do to win this game. It's what do we want to see this team. And I think the biggest thing first that I want to see is I just want to see a little bit more creativity offensively, especially in the red zone. I understand your bread and butter is running the ball, but I just think running it, four times up the middle when it doesn't always work. And yes, it's debatable if it did because Cam Rising might have gotten in on third on the third down that everyone's talking about. But still, I just I think when it's not working there, I would have liked to see them go with a little something different, whether that is a fade to Dalton Kincaid or try to run a little bit of a pick play on the outside. I just want to see this team get a little bit more creative offensively, like I mentioned, specifically in the red zone and see some of that grow. Try out a few different things. I'm not talking about trick plays. I'm just talking about things you need live to need to work on outside of practice and what better place to do it than those live in-game reps that Southern Utah is going to provide in what should not be a super competitive game. Yeah. Well, what I really think what you're asking for is you're, you're asking to see some of those new guys get thrown into roles and opportunities where they can showcase how good they really are. You know, Thomas Yasmin, uh, Logan Kendall, we saw him in the backfield at the fullback in that particular series that you were talking about, which if Tavion doesn't slip there, okay, perfect. Like yeah. that's, a, that's a wide open touchdown. And, 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 you know, we talk about creativity in the end zone. There's only, you can either run the ball or you can throw it. Right. And then yeah. there's only so many options in terms of, of matchups and things like that. And really what I want to see is I want to see guys really come out and execute hard. You know, and, and, and especially against a team like Southern Utah, where you're likely not going to have to open up the playbook a ton. This is a, a team that's kind of first year head coach you know, trying to find their identity again. Um, but but I think you you hit on something that even Kyle Whittingham talked about a little bit and something that we started to see more of from Mandy Ludwig towards the end of the game where he ran that tight bunch formation, you know, trying to get the defense confused that don't always make it so easy for the defense to just know where to be and where to go. Right. Mm -hmm. I think at times yeah. Utah was a little bit too, um, let's say convinced of their own ability 
maybe, okay. you know, in, 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 in just kind of this whole toughness factor. And, and we just, you know, we're going to line up and push them across the line of scrimmage. One of my favorite quotes is, is from Russ Grimm, who was a Hall of Fame offensive line coach in the NFL for decades. And he said the most difficult thing in the world is to take a man from point eight point a to point b against their will and and that's what offensive line are trying to do every single day now um i think offensively there's some some things that you just you just need to clean up little bits and pieces there right like you know we saw logan kendall false start on one play uh didn't see a lot of holding penalties um you know i think for the most part everybody agrees that the offensive line had a pretty true you know terrific day and, and that's a good thing uh especially for everybody who was so concerned about a slow start but um, you know, reaching back into that creativity bag, let's see some stuff downfield. Let, let, let's see this wide receiver group establish themselves. Let's give them some opportunities to to build some confidence. You just played a bet against Florida. You're not going to see a better set of athletes in, 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 on the rest of your schedule outside of maybe USC, and even then I would question it. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, let's get those guys involved early, and let's really develop some depth here because that's what Utah is going to need to sustain going forward. Yeah, they will have to sustain that going forward. And I, so many of the things you mentioned there are so important for this yeah, team. Yeah, I ramble. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I, no, <laughs> that wasn't rambling. I thought they were, I thought they were all important. And needed to be said. And I think the thing you loved that you talked about was just the fourth down call, right? Like they know you know Tavion's going right up the gut. If yep. you fake, if you fake that, it's a pass. Anything like that, look to the outside set. That safety who met Tavion in the hole, he's coming down no matter what because he fully expects a run to me. So he would have bitten yeah. so easily on a run fake. So I think just changing it up a little bit like that well, is so important. And an interesting part about that, you know, the Florida had their backup nose tackle in who's 415 pounds, but oh also Utah had done some shuffling along the offensive line to where Satoa Lomea was actually the guard on that left side and Keaton Bills was the, the right tackle. So, you know, even that would have allowed you something just a little bit different. Maybe, you know, run a run a a zone read off of that instead of just under setter downhill you know trying to get that iso block on that one position give yourself a little more uh some options at the goal line i think that's the biggest thing with play calling is you want to give that that defense as much to handle as they possibly can and utah just tried to line it up like i said satawa switching to the left side was a big move you know he'd been playing right tackle all game and i like that they're trying to do stuff like that yeah. Um, but at the same time, do it to your advantage and, and build something else into it to where you can roll off of that. So true. Maybe Looking sneak at- Logan Kendall in there at tackle, you know. And yeah. Just- <laughs> yeah, getting more. Hire creative. me, Andy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He's he is ready to go. I could promise you, especially like like Brian, like what you mentioned as well. Check out his breakdown on the final play. More fun breakdowns coming there along the season as well. One last thing I want to break down for this coming game is talk about the defense. And I'm just going to make it short and simple. I just want to see the missed tackles go down, and I want to see the missed tackles under five this game. Honestly, I prefer under three because of the talent drop-off, what this is. So if you can have under three missed tackles, I don't want to see mental mistakes, guys being in the right place at the right time. I'd like to see a couple sacks as well. But those are things I expect a couple sacks to come. I think the biggest thing is just cutting down on those missed tackles for me, Brian. Yeah, it's getting back to playing the way Utah plays defense. And, and, you know, I think they tried to be as aggressive as they possibly could given the personnel, but there are a few guys that I really need to see take a big step this week. We talked about Lander Barton earlier. Now, I saw him take steps during the game, so I'm confident in Lander. But, listen, that's a dude that's played now one game at the college level, and and you got it against Oregon in the swamp – or Florida in the swamp. You know, so I I got plenty of – 
love in my heart and, and happiness towards Lander. I, I honestly, like, were there mistakes? Sure. Was I expecting that from him? Yes. Are there guys yeah. out there that I did not expect to make those mistakes? That's the bigger deal, right? Like, like not necessarily guys who are new to the program, but maybe or guys that are new to football, but maybe are new to the program, right? Or, or you know, guys who haven't seen the field for a while that are stepping in. There are guys on this squad that really need to step it up. And, and, and more than anything, I just want to see some leadership. You know, I think Clark Phillips is, is the leader of this defense in the sense that he's always going to set the tone. He's always going to be the guy. But when it's out there on the field, he needs help from his brothers to really establish leadership on the field. And that's Junior Tafuna. You got to be a dude. Van Fillinger, you got to be a dude. You know, all these guys who, who had games where you're just like, okay, like, you know, and, and, and some of this is these dudes are still at a disadvantage because we're still, you know, only a year out of COVID where they only played four games. You know, I think on the offensive side of the football, that was something that really stood out to me about Cam. Like I forgot he's only played a season of football and you have to get reps. And, and so I think you and I are on the same page where we want to see every single rep matter. And we want to see these guys take a lot of care and a lot of put a lot of effort and energy into these reps. They should feel miserable about what happened down there because it wasn't so much that they, that mm, Florida won, Florida yeah. won that game, but Utah gave them every opportunity to win that game rather than just taking the win themselves. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, you should feel terrible and you should want to get out there and you should want Tuesday to be rough and you should want Wednesday to be rough and you should want Thursday to be rough. And by Friday, you should be frothing at the mouth metaphorically to go out and just absolutely destroy the Thunderbirds. You should want to put up 70 in the first half. Yeah, and that's 100%. And that's if, if this is the team that I believe it is, and, and this is the program that I believe it is, that's exactly what they're going to try to do. And it's not going to be because they hate SUU. It's because they want to be better, and they know they missed a huge opportunity to get better on Saturday. They did, and all it came down to was a couple of plays like you talked about, and I have no doubt this team is going to come in motivated and ready to go. Two quick things, just because you brought them up really quickly, both these guys. Cam Rising, I don't think a lot of people realize that 96 rushing yards was his career high at Utah for rushing yards as a quarterback. It's not something a lot of people realize. And you talk about giving Clark more help as a leader. One thing Clark didn't need a lot of help as was just his coverage in the second year. He technically allowed one catch, but it was like they were playing off coverage anyways. They were conceding everything under. So he was pretty much perfect the entire game. So Clark, absolutely outstanding. That's one of the bright spots for this team and one of the things that's going to be fun to watch come Saturday is if this team is frothing at the mouth and ready to go out there and potentially put up a 70 burger make sure you guys follow brown bear slc on twitter quality follow head over to that youtube channel as well that we talked about for brian as well as keep an eye on all of his great content he has coming up on ute zone and guys it was such great a week five days in a row of college football how awesome was that you know what else is going to be awesome the return of nfl football we thank you for making locked on utes your first listen every day but if you're in the market for a second listen every day go check out the ultimate pro football preview for 2022 it's an eight episode extravaganza to get you ready for the nfl season where local team experts of the locked on podcast network plus a betting angle from lee sterling of locked on bets all combined into one ultimate nfl preview so search for the ultimate pro football preview 2022 on your odyssey app youtube or wherever you get your podcast thank you guys for tuning in to locked on Utes. keep it here the rest of the week is we're going to talk to southern utah's play-by-play -play guy hint it's friend of the show spencer mclaughlin on tomorrow's episode as well as have a game preview for you guys coming up on 
Friday. But we appreciate you guys subscribing to the channel and all your su support. That's it for Locked On Use.